You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Presented by BetMGM with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Monday presented as always by BetMGM. We'll look ahead to week 15 coming up, but we have one more week 14 game to go tonight. Monday Night Football. Let's talk about that and all of the takeaways from week 14 with Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus. He's joining us at the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line. The Phoenix is a revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit GetMyPhoenix.com. To learn more, Brad, I think we can officially say the roar has been restored. The Lions are on a run right now. And you look at the NFC, look at their schedule. There's a real chance this ends with a playoff trip for Dan Campbell. Brad, what part of this is is, uh, impressing you the most? I mean, their offense is just on fire right now. Yeah, they're playing some really, really good football. Top five in EPA per play, I want to say since week four now. So just an extended streak of really good offense. But the difference, I think, is this defense now playing much better football, keeping them in games. Look, Minnesota moved the ball pretty effectively. Kirk Cousins actually had a good game here. But they're doing enough. They're having some bend-don't-break drives and holding teams to field goals, getting some big sacks and, and negative plays for the offense that stalls drives. Just a lot of things that you were not seeing from them in any way, shape, or form to start this season uh for uh for all the hype for around sunday night football it's Tua versus herbert that's not much of a uh, of a debate at all uh the dolphins went on the run it's been a nice uh nice season big jump for them offensively under mcdaniel against poor defenses and now we've seen what's happened over the last couple of weeks on the road against the chargers and the niners eight and five right now the six seed chargers have seven wins jets have seven Patriots might have seven after tonight. Are the Dolphins going to fall out of the playoff race? It's entirely possible. I think the Jets are interesting at plus 140 to make the playoffs the rest of the season. They have Detroit, Jacksonville, uh, and I'm blanking now, but two other winnable games to close out the rest of their season. So I think it's possible Miami does fall out. Their defense is still just not good enough. They've made the investments. They traded for Bradley Chubb. He was kind of – I didn't see him at all last night watching that game. They still struggle to generate pressure. And then with the injuries they have on the back end, they added Eric Rowe, the safety missed last night. It's just – it's tough for them to keep get offenses, opposing offenses off the field. And you saw that last night with the Chargers just – even when they didn't get stops, it was after these sustained long drives, seemingly every you know every series. And then in the late afternoon window yesterday, we saw rookie quarterback Brock Purdy looked very impressive, just rolling over Tom Brady and the Bucks. Um, how do you rate the Niners moving forward with Brock Purdy? You know, I mean, if you blow out a playoff team in the NFC, even if it's in, you know, the worst division of football in the NFC South, but, you know, I I think they're in that top tier. I think I have Philadelphia, Dallas, and San Fran as the best teams in the NFC. You can kind of debate the rest, but I think with San Francisco, they're just so much better than other teams in the trenches. And you add in Eric Armstead, a phenomenal player who basically has not played the entire season. He did play yesterday and made an immediate impact on the defensive line. They're just, you know, even with a, you know, Mr. Relevant, last pick in the draft, all these things, 
uh, when you're when you're that good up front and can bully teams on both sides of the ball, it changes things. That being said, Debo Samuel high ankle sprain sounds like four to six week injury. That could be a killer. They have a ton of other weapons, but he obviously does so much for them. Brad, how concerning is Kansas City's defense right now? I mean, if anyone allows the Broncos to score points, my antenna is up because that team just can't score points. They allowed it yesterday. And you look at some of the numbers, you know, it's a bottom half of the league defense. How concerned would you be? Because I, I was thinking about this morning, like, I like the Chiefs, but there's a path where they may have to go through the Bengals, Bills, and the Eagles, right, to win three of the games in a row to win the Super Bowl. Do you think their defense is good enough to get through a gauntlet like that, even with Mahomes and Reed with the offense? Yeah, you know, bottom 10 in EPA per play on the season. And the teams you mentioned, you know, they have good defenses, right? So even if you think the Chiefs' offense will be better in those games, Buffalo, even without Von Miller, is a better defense, no question about it. Uh, it it's, you know, uh, end of the day, good offense is going to be good defense. And Patrick Mahomes can do Patrick Mahomes things in these playoff games. But it's definitely, you know, you see a scenario where, unlike in the past, they miraculously come behind, come from behind for all these games and win all these playoff games after you know trailing by ten plus points early. Maybe this is the year where that doesn't continue because the defense just can't get some of those critical stops. Uh, they they need a guy like a Melvin Ingram. You know, they let him go to Miami and he's been phenomenal for them. They just still outside of Chris Jones on the interior just cannot get anyone home on the quarterback and it's it could bite them come playoff time. No question. Let's hit an AFC team that's not in the playoff race, but they have a quarterback change over the last couple of weeks. Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns. One offensive touchdown in two games. I don't know what you were expecting. I wasn't sure what to expect, but it's been worse than than what anybody was expecting. Uh, can, can we get to a point by the end of the season here, you know, playing these last six games or whatever it is for him, uh, where Cleveland is going to be like, uh, guys, did we bog, bungle this whole thing? Like, what did we make the wrong decision? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, ignoring everything else that could go into that question. Yeah. I, I mean, he's been, he, right. Sean Watson's been awful the last two weeks. He really has been really bad. You watch these games. And, and, and yes, Cincinnati has a good defense, but of course, Kobe Brissett, you know, hung 30 plus points on that team not too long ago. Got some snaps in this game yesterday. I think the most telling thing is. Cleveland is at home next week against Anthony Brown, you know, the quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. It looks like it could be Tyler Huntley, but as far as we know, it could be third stringer Anthony Brown, the Boston College slash Oregon uh, former quarterback, and they're minus three. The Browns are lay laying a field goal at home when they might be playing a third string quarterback. I think mean, it tells you a lot. You know, look, he, he obviously the rust is expected. He has basically hasn't played in two full years, um, but it, I, I was thinking there yesterday, like, when do they think about, okay, maybe we put Jacoby Brissett in to at least close out this season and then kind of start fresh? Does that send a huh. bad message? Does that ruin his confidence? But, yeah, he, he's been really bad. What about the Jags? Trevor Lawrence just keeps getting it done, showing that he could be a franchise quarterback as the Jags beat the Titans 36-22. Uh, what's been your assessment of this Jaguars team? Yeah, since week nine now, Trevor Lawrence is our second highest graded quarterback here. He has a 7.5 yards per attempt. He's been he's top five in big time throw rate, so he's making a lot of these big throws. And then he has no interceptions since week nine. He's 10 touchdowns to zero interceptions, I believe it is. So he's been playing phenomenal football. It has been some somewhat inferior defenses, but obviously Tennessee is a solid unit, and he carved them up yesterday. 
I think end of the day, he's now settling in and they have enough weapons where, you know, Evan Ingram is the one who goes off yesterday, their tight end, but you know, no defense can really key in on Christian Kirk or Zay Jones or Evan Ingram. Like they have a bunch of solid players, maybe no superstars, but, and then Trevor Lawrence is settling in. I mean, their defense is not good, so it's going to fall on him. They're actually second to last in EPA per play allowed since week four. They have not been good. And they've been winning games because Trevor Lawrence has been really playing like the guy we all thought he could be coming out. Who would have Brad Spielberger's NFL MVP vote if the season ended today? I would still be with Mahomes. I know the odds shrunk a little bit. I would still stick with Patrick Mahomes at this point, just what he's been able to do. And you also see – I mean, week after week, just how impactful a guy like a Tyreek Hill is and not have him on his team. I mean, Tua yesterday, I want to say it was 6 of 24. I had the stats yesterday. But outside of Tyreek Hill, he was like 6 of 24 for 70 yards in the game yesterday. Then Tyreek has the long touchdown catch and the fumble recovery, you know, touchdown bizarre play there. So Mahomes has just been so, so good and so productive, and we're still seeing him operate without maybe the most valuable and impactful non-quarterback offensive player in the entire NFL, and he's doing this right away. What was that with Dallas and any reason to be concerned about, uh, about their future? I mean, you look at the numbers, look at that defense. It's been great. Maybe a question about the quarterback? What do you think? Yeah, you know, Dak seems to just have those games sometimes. It, it did kind of just seem like a letdown spot. There were a couple of big games recently, and then you're a 17.5-point favorites against the Houston Texans. So you could maybe kind of just chalk it up to that. But Dak does sometimes have those games where he just makes a couple errant throws, just seems slightly off, and it, it leads to you know nail biters and one-score games with the Houston Texans. But I'm not super concerned. I will say on defense, though, and it goes back to the Jaguars, a play for next week. Uh, which is the over 46-and-a-half with Dallas going to Jacksonville. Look, they lost Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis, two starting corners. Safety Jaron Kurse got hurt in pregame warm-ups of this Houston Texans game. You know, as good as their defensive line is, which, you know, it's great, but their secondary now is starting to kind of fall apart a little bit on the back end outside of Trevon Diggs. Um, you know, that's maybe a little bit of concern, but long-term, I'm, I'm still buying the Dallas Cowboys. Well, how would you rank the top – two, three teams in the NFC? Because I know there's a lot of people who even criticize the Eagles. Oh, they haven't beaten anybody, but they look like the best team in the NFC to me. How would you rate the top teams in the NFC? Yeah, I think the key with them too, and people say stuff like that, if they were skating by with one score wins against a lot of these teams, right. that's one thing, but they're blowing you know bad teams out. So you know their point differential, I'll go by that. So there's three teams in the NFC with a 100-plus point differential. It's Philadelphia, Dallas, and San Francisco. And then Minnesota at plus eight is the next highest. So it's literally <laughs> I think it's like 130 for Philadelphia, like 120 for, for San Francisco, and then it drops 100 points. So those are my top three. I think it goes Philadelphia, then Dallas, then San Fran. I'll tell you this, though. If San Fran still had Jimmy Garoppolo, I might be putting them first at this point. They're just so good everywhere else on this team. The coaching is so solid. Uh, but now with Brock Purdy, they, they probably fall to third. Brad, let's look at tonight. We have a Monday Night Football game between the Patriots and the Cardinals. Um, it's still a pretty big game for the Patriots. They're, they're in this mix, right, at the bottom of that AFC playoff picture with the Jets, with the um, Chargers who won last night. They're one-and-a-half-point favorite tonight. What do you think about this game tonight? Patriots at the Cardinals, and we know the coaching matchup, Belichick against uh, Kingsbury late in the season. Certainly a coaching mismatch in favor of the Patriots when you mentioned that. But I, that said, I do think I like Arizona tonight, maybe on the money line. We have them in a teaser for their second leg here out to plus seven and a half. But 
Mac Jones, I mean, he did have a good game against Minnesota, but then you go and you look at how bad Minnesota is on defense. Bottom five in the NFL and e-paper play got carved up yesterday by Jared Goff, could literally do nothing against him. And Mac Jones was terrible against Buffalo. So he literally had this one flash in the pan good game uh, against a really bad defense and then returned right back to what he's been this season. And Arizona can create some interior pressure. Uh, I think they'll bother Cole Strange, the rookie for New England tonight, with J.J. Watt and Zach Allen causing some problems. And then we still have really not seen DeAndre Hopkins and Marquise Brown, both at 100% strength, playing in this game. And I think they're going to give New England's secondary. Their defense has been good, but it's largely against bad offenses when they do play these mobile quarterbacks and they play some of these top receivers like a Justin Jefferson. They have really struggled because just their, you know, Jonathan Jones having a great season, but when he's taking on number one receivers like DeAndre Hopkins, Give me DeAndre Hopkins every time. I like his over six and a half receptions in this game as well. Um, but yeah, I'm leading Arizona, leading the over, and, and I like D-Hop props tonight. Early week 15 looks. Buys are over. Ton of games to choose from. Uh, what should people bet now before the lines move? Yep. So I mentioned the one there, the, the Cowboys-Jacksonville over 46 and a half. But from a spread standpoint, mm-hmm. uh, I, we talked about the Cleveland Browns a little bit. But I, I do think minus a field goal at home – uh, is too short. No, they're going to keep playing in these games. I think that's one big narrative, I would say, in a general sense. Don't buy into, like, this team needs it for the playoffs. This, You know, look, everyone's going to show up. Um, if anything, you're going to get value on betting against some of those trends. Uh, and then what I also like here as well uh, is, is the Chargers are minus 2.5 against Tennessee. So I've, I've kind of been fading Tennessee all year. It hasn't totally worked out for me, but they are now on a three-game three, three game losing streak. And I think the Chargers at full strength, as you saw last night, now that Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are playing – should be good to go. Look, they all come out of this game healthy. You know, Herbert is so good at mitigating the opposing pass rush. He's has the lowest turnover-worthy play rate in the NFL for us. He has one of the lowest pressure rates converting into sack rate. And, and Tennessee, that's, that's how they've won, right? On defense, they, they generate pressure up front, but they're banged up with injuries. And Herbert, I think, is going to do such a good job of mitigating that and getting the ball out quickly against a weak and injured secondary for Tennessee that I think they're going to keep that losing streak in Tennessee going for another week. What has been your take on Deshaun Watson? It seems like this was just a bad decision signing him. Do you think he'll be able to knock off the rust at all? Or what do you make of him moving forward? Yeah, no, I mean, he's been legitimately bad. I missed a couple throws yesterday and the first week just looked out of sorts. You know, you you do wonder just with the amount of time off if there is – you know, he can get over that and, and kind of work through those things if they're not playing for basically two full years. I'm sure the speed is jarring and, and not something you can kind of replicate or, or simulate off the field. But, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, they are going to figure it out. Maybe the full offseason going into next year will help. Um, but, but like I said, I, I do think, look, I, I respect Baltimore, but the fact that you can get that minus a field goal against potentially a third-string quarterback um, they've been, you know, struggling on offense without Lamar Jackson. And, and as bad as K- Cleveland has been defending the run, if we're getting Tyler Huntley, you know, at less than 100% or Anthony Brown here, uh, I think Cleveland will do enough on offense. They'll settle in. Watson maybe will do better. Amari Cooper, get healthier. Uh, and I think they'll figure things out to a degree on offense. Great stuff. Brad Spielberg of Pro Football Focus. Brad, will catch up again next week. Of course, Brad was on the GetMyFeeds.com guest line, the Phoenix A revolutionary technology, helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom here as we look at um, week 14 in the NFL. And, of course, visit GetMyFeeds.com to learn more. Final thoughts on this week, and we'll start looking ahead 
to Week 15. It's a big matchups, including three games on Saturday. Our first thoughts on Week 15 in the NFL. That's coming up next right here on the BetQL Network.